0: there's different levels of following Christ, different places. So we want to, if we're going to grow spiritually, we want to recognize that we can be held back. Verse 13, Philippians chapter 3 says, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. He recognizes that religion can hold you back. He recognizes that your past progress can even hold you back in your walk with God. And so forgetting those things which are behind. Paul had this immense, incredibly impressive religious resume, but he began to realize that that resume was beginning to hold him back. And there are some things which need to be let go of and forgotten in a sense so that you can move forward. A religious resume can keep you from growing in God. You can be religious and at the same time, not really be growing spiritually. And so Paul says this when, he, when he's talking about this in a few verses earlier, he says, in Philippians chapter three, verse five, he says, reciting his religious res- resume, he says, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if ever there was, was one. In other words, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, I had, re- I had reached the highest level of religious attainment in society. I was a member of the Pharisees. said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. And would you think he'd say, yeah, I was doing pretty good. Well, this is what he says in hindsight. I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done And yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom the sake I've discarded everything else and count it but garbage, which refers to animal manure. So he looked at his religious resume and he realized that this is holding me back. And in retrospect, he says that was like manure compared to the the unbelievable opportunity to know Christ there. And so here's a guy that there was things he needed to let go of and to forget. He had an unquenchable violence and hostility against the church, a violent rage against all things Christianity, dragging people off to Jerusalem to throw them in jail. So Paul now, like most of us, had a boatload of issues and disappointments and regrets and shame that he needed to let go of, but that included his religious resume that was holding him back, that he had to let go of that. So yesterday can hold a lot of good and a lot of bad. Additionally, it can hold us hostage if we're not careful. In Paul's case, he's held hostage by the memories of what he'd done to the church, including murder there. The Bible says that if we're ever going to achieve the purpose for which God created you and saved you, unless you let go of yesterday, unless you learn from yesterday, you're not going to grow spiritually as you could. You learn from yesterday, but you don't live consumed in yesterday. Again, his religious resume that he was so proud of, and then you have to press beyond your past progress, and so, the power of the gospel is that your past doesn't have to define you. Your yesterday doesn't have to define your future. I think it's like this in terms of our relationship to the past that many of you, you're in your cars. And when you drive your car, like you drive life, you're looking ahead, you're looking through the front window. Now, there's a little rearview mirror there, and you're occasionally looking at the rearview mirror. And that's really how the Christian life would be lived. You're occasionally looking in the past, but the thrust of your life is that you're looking forward. This one thing I do, forgetting the things which were in the past, letting go of those things. And so, Paul says here in verse, uh, the next verse, he says, "But I press on." That speaks of straining every spiritual muscle. It speaks of maximum effort. It speaks of Uh, I run, I pursue, I chase, I follow after, highly intentional. Nothing about let go and let God. You want to grow spiritually, you need to recognize what holds you back. But secondly here, you want to do this, press on, be passionate. I press on for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So I want to ask you this morning, what is it? that is pressing against you that keeps you from pressing on? Are there circumstances which are keeping you from pressing on? Perhaps personal battles keep you from pressing against you. Maybe a responsibility that you have is pressing against you. Or a financial situation or relationships. Maybe it's unemployment that's pressing against you. Or your health that's pressing against you. Paul said, I push on I press through. So he recognized then that his passion needed to be activated. He needed to push on and press on. He didn't have this uh, gliding through life, gliding through a spiritual experience mentality. He wasn't in cruise control. Friends, your salvation is a free gift from God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, least anyone should boast. So your salvation is a free gift from God. But your spiritual growth is not. Your spiritual development is not. That's not free. That comes through being intentional. So that's what he's talking about. If you want to grow spiritually, this is what you have to do. He's saying, I press on. It is a determined decision to prioritize your spiritual growth in god's purpose for your life it doesn't just happen i press on in other words i prioritize the spiritual i make room for the spiritual on my calendar i think a few practical ways that you can press on or prioritize the spiritual is one prioritize jesus at home we come to church and this is awesome but we leave here and we go home and are we prioritizing jesus at home, I'm talking about time in scripture, I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about maybe silence, uh, practicing scripture. I'm also talking about prioritizing personal involvement in the local church, like just showing up on Sundays, serving, uh, getting involved in serve experiences. By the way, on July 10th, 17th, and the 24th, we're going to be working on the campus at 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock Friday nights, a work party, and you're all invited. So prioritize these things, practically the spiritual. Well, Paul says in the next verse, verse 15, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear or reveal this to you. So he says, if you're not getting this, then God is going to have to help you to get it if you don't. And then verse 17, he says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So he says you got to recognize what holds you back if you want to grow spiritually. He also says you need to renew your passion, push on, push forward. And then the third thing he says here is you need to be mindful of examples of those who would inspire you, of those who could coach you, or mentor you, or be like even a a personal spiritual advocate or trainer. He says, together follow my example. He says, you need to have a model. So we all need examples. Uh, We all need spiritual examples. I've had many of them in my life. And I don't think I would be with you today had it not been for many of the, the, the examples in my own life those that are pursuing Jesus, those that could mentor, coach, train, those that have a heart for God, those that would uh, be centered in Christ and see things from God's point of view that could speak wisdom over your life, spiritual people that could give you a spiritual uh, perspective there. So it says, follow those who have the example like me and not just those that are earthbound. So if you want to follow Jesus, He's saying, "You better watch out who you're hanging out with." And I want to give a shout out to our students over at the dock. And I want to encourage you: Who are you hanging out with? Because you show me who you're hanging out with, I'll show you your future. For parents here, we could say, "Hey, we're we're good parents, but are we watching who our children and our students hang out with?" I would say that if you're not watching them, you're really not a very good parent. Every parent should be concerned about your children's friends and who they're hanging out with. So God is a father, and he's concerned with who his kids are hanging out with, and we really should be too. And the fourth thing he says here, if you want to grow spiritually, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship. He says, you are here just for a season, maybe 70 or 80 or 90 years or longer, but it's just a season and your permanent citizenship is in heaven. So we live each day on earth, recognizing that we are citizens of heaven. There's a story about a a high school football player, and his name is Ricky Rhodes. Ricky Rhodes. And he was one of those guys that was always dogging it and always never putting in much energy, never giving much effort, He was a guy that would just show up and kind of go through the motions of practice and goof off and clown around. And that's just his disposition. No heart, no commitment, no effort, no work effort, work effort uh, ethic, never practicing hard, just playing around all the time. And he'd show up day after day. And, of course, he never got into the game. I mean, who's going to put somebody like that in the game? So Ricky Rhodes rode the bench his entire high school career. And then it comes to the last game uh, of of the season, and he's like third or fourth string, and the other two running backs get injured. And now it's just Ricky Rhodes, and they've got no one else. So they put Ricky Rhodes into the last game of the season. And when he got out of the game, the coach was stunned because he ran like a, like a young man, possessed. He was so purposeful. He was running over people and through people and around people, and he was putting on a clinic of how to be a running back. So the coach was stunned about what got into this kid. And at the end of the game, the coach calls him into his office, and he sits down, uh, Ricky Rose, and he says, "Ricky." I've never seen anything like this. You've been playing around all these years, fooling around, doing a little bit here and a, a little bit there, and you've never taken this thing seriously. And today we put you in the game, and you were like a beast. Like, what happened to you, Rhodes? What got in you? And there's a, Ricky Rhodes, just head bowed in silence. And a tear begins to roll down his his cheek. He says, Coach, a couple days ago, my dad died. Coach, my dad was blind. And today was the first time he's ever gotten to see me play. Coach, my dad never saw me play till a couple days ago. That was the first time. And there's something about as Christ followers, when you know that your Heavenly Father is watching, it changes everything. When you know His gaze is upon you, it lifts you from goofing around and screwing around and playing around spiritually. It takes you out of cruise control. It takes you out of just kind of gliding and cruise control through the Christian life. When you know your Heavenly Father is watching and you're a citizen of heaven, it really transforms you. Transforms your focus. Friends, it minimizes, doesn't it? Just playing around. You see, your Heavenly Father is watching. The good news is this the good news is that He's willing to put you into the game regardless of where you are at today. Paul said, I press on, I push. There are things which I have to let go of, even my religious resume even letting go of the progress that I have made and how often we can hang on to the progress we've made and that can impede us from our growth. Oh, if you only knew where I came from, the people I hung out with, the things that I did, people I ran with, I don't do those things anymore. And that, you can camp there, you can become satisfied and you can end up there and not grow spiritually. And so our citizenship, friends, is in heaven. And let us live until that day with this knowledge that our Heavenly Father is watching. So we're going to sing the resurrected Christ is resurrecting me. And then Pastor Ron is going to come up and he's going to bless us and bless America.
1: Could we begin this morning by pronouncing a blessing upon our God? And the best way we could lift our hands in blessing upon our God is to offer him ourselves. And that was the message this morning. We bless you, God, by being all in with your Son. We glorify his name, our Redeemer, the one that ransomed us from our sins and cleansed us by his blood. And so we lift our hands in praise and blessing upon our God. And then on this uh, day in the history of our nation, the first day of another year in the life and history of the United States of America, and even in the face of the issues that we face as a nation, we bless our nation in the name of the Lord. And our prayer is that God would pass through this land and grant us renewal, And that we his people would humble ourselves before him and call upon heaven and that god would move across this land and so we pray for our president we pray for those that guide us we pray for all people that are in office that somehow you could reach down from heaven and touch their hearts with the saving grace of the lord jesus christ and then Lord, with hands uplifted, we bless one another. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for this place that you've given us to worship. And our hearts are filled with gratitude because of your goodness. And so many ways you have manifested your goodness in our lives, and so we bless one another. And then, Lord, standing in this place, I stretch forth my hands. And I bless these dear people with all the bounty of heaven, with all that they're designed for, that they could come to maturity in Jesus Christ, and that we together could know more and more what it means for Christ to be in us and for he to be in us. And we pray in Christ's name, amen.